0: It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. It's time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. I am Brother L. diaz over I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Count Time Podcast. As you all know, we always keeping it real. We're always moving forward. We always got some fresh, innovative, new information, new ideas. But this day we have a, I'm about to say very special young man here who I had had the pleasure of meeting through his uh, working on a big case, what's called a Henry Lack case with attorney Benjamin Cronk. I'd like to welcome to Count Time Joseph Henry Cass. Yep. Welcome to Count Time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yes, but now this brother here, you're gonna have to give us a lot of information because y'all gonna hear it in his voice once he starts speaking where he's originally from but he's, he's doing some big things, and uh, he's not from the Bad Rouge area, not from the Louisiana. You grew up where?
1: Uh, yeah, pleasure having me. I uh, grew up in Kingston, Jamaica. Kingston, Jamaica? Yeah. All right then. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so I spent my early younger years there, and then uh, got the pleasure of coming to the U.S. as a teenager to go to high school. Where my dad was living in Florida. So. What
0: part of Florida?
1: South Florida, so Fort Lauderdale area, uh, huge. uh, Beach area. Yeah, a huge. Love the beach, right? (laughs) Right.
0: Jamaica.
1: Yeah, and then um, huge population of uh, you know first and second generation Jamaicans. Kind of that's where they migrate to if they don't like the cold weather in New York, Brooklyn. (laughs) So my dad came to the U.S. uh, as a machinist.
0: what's, What's your dad's name?
1: uh joseph, joseph okay. yeah so that's why he named me yusuf oh okay. So my, same, okay same yep, so, yep. Okay. so my dad's joseph came as a, a machinist for the uh, mta the, the trains in new york they were hiring a lot of smart machinists out of the islands and so my dad uh, came here as one of the uh, engineers that worked on a train in new york oh, but okay. yeah it was too cold so he decided to migrate down for a lot of be back to our natural roots, <laughs> sun and sun and beaches.
0: Oh, that, that's you know, Jamaica. That's all you gonna have is sun and <laughs> yeah, beaches. That's 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 and all some, we need. some great, it, health, Healthy yeah, food. Right,
1: right. We'll cook the food, but yeah, we need that sun and then beach and the beach to to survive.
0: Right now, but, but how did you go into like biochemists? biochemist? Well, yes, I mean, that's, that's a big that's a big name. <laughs> Right, that's, right. That's, that's part of what you call the, the STEM, STEM, the STEM, STEM program, program that everybody speaks of. Now, you tell us a little bit, give us a little background on what is the what is a biochemist?
1: Yeah, so I um, grew up, you know, one channel in Jamaica, so was fascinated with the show called Doogie Hauser. It was a young prodigy kid um, that was solving all of the, uh, the rare disease that came through the hospital, but he was like 12, 13 years old. So he was like outsmarting all of these older. Medical doctor, so I thought that was fascinating. So he was a young white kid, uh, was a prodigy, and so when they when the hard cases came into the hospital, all the other doctors couldn't figure it out. So he would come in and figure it out, you know, during the episodes. And so I just always thought that was fascinated, and <laughs> was fascinated by the way he was working through, you know, different medical problems. And so I kind of followed that path. I ended up seeing a, one of the shows with a periodic table on there that mentioned all of the you know, elements. So oh, I yes. studied. Yeah, I studied all of the periodic table. No, no,
0: no. How old were you at the time to be studying? Like the periodic. seven, eight years old. Oh, you got to be kidding! Yeah. So you, you know, took it up on your own to study.
1: Yeah, yep. The periodic table. Yeah, because I saw it in, in this in the, one of the episodes on Doogie Howser. So that was like the next thing I went and just. So those things led me to just be curious about science. How you know matters and elements uh, all work together. How water is H2O. So I just oh, got fascinated yeah, then by all of the different things, uh, and so naturally, when I got to the states, uh, fell in love with the sciences. So did well with the first level of science, which was like the seventh, eighth grade when I got here. So did well with Earth and Space Science. Then moved into Physics, and so next thing you know, my professors started asking me if I wanted to do Saturday Science. All while I'm I'm a I'm pretty a high level you know, all American soccer player at times so oh, love sport, okay. right. uh, track, uh, you know being Jamaican. Oh,
0: everybody y'all track, <laughs> y'all y'all dominate <W laughs> track.
1: Yeah. yeah, so but I I ended up like loving the science just as well. So I would to like lie to my friends telling them that I'm going to like football or track practice on Saturday morning, but I was really going to like anatomy and AP. So I was taking like AP. Hold
0: hold hold hold, hold on, brother Yosef. How old were you when you was going to these Saturday morning programs?
1: I was like 13, yeah, so I'm, I'm in high school. So I started, I tested into the to the ninth grade uh, at 12 years old from Jamaica. So you, so you skipped the grade. Yeah, yeah one grade. skipped one grade, because I was supposed to be in the eighth grade. So my brother and I, who are a year and a half apart, ended up going through high school together, which he hated, because I, <laughs> I was supposed to be his little brother. And <laughs> now you're the same grade. And we're in the same grade, and then I'm this high school soccer phenom,
0: Oh, oh so. So, I, so you 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 outshining. I was your outshining
1: brother. my older brother, who well, that, was like that, a, that foot yeah, a foot taller than me. Yeah, he's a foot taller than me. And so, but yeah, no, I ended up like loving the science, but, yeah, but that's yeah. not. It wasn't a cool thing to do, so I, I wouldn't tell my friends I was going to like take in. So I ended up but, with like. But,
0: but that that's that's got to be pretty doggone bad. <laughs> you we got someone who interested in the science, but in our community, even coming from Jamaica. It's not, that, not that, cool that, that, yeah. was, that was that was that was looked down yeah, on that's board. not
1: the cool thing yeah you want to yeah, know yeah, you're yeah. on a soccer team a football team I mean, sports so, so that
0: so that that condition training and training and and have come not have come a long ways in, through many generations and far reaching it than, than the united states
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean again because, you know, the, the 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 problem was we didn't see anybody I I didn't see anybody in any white lab coats when even, I was growing even, up. even in Jamaica. Even in Jamaica, so i well, mean, well, the island's removed. full of you.
0: The island's full of your people.
1: Yeah, full of my people. Yeah. It was not something in the norm. So, you know, what you saw was, you know, soccer player, football player. So well, you hold on,
0: and they buy no football <laughs> the same as soccer, soccer right? Right, okay. right? All right
1: then. Yeah, so it's um yeah, and then growing up, you know, in pretty uh uh inner-city neighborhoods when I came here, you know, family being immigrants, and my dad was a cab driver. My stepmom was a um, a registered nurse. So, you know, a decent living, but, you know, again, didn't see anybody in my neighborhood saying that they, they're, you know, uh, doctors and white coats and or scientists, biochemists. I didn't even know what that you was. You never heard of that term? You no, resisted. I just knew I love science. So I just, yeah. So my infatuation with it then led me into started exploring this when my teachers were like, you're really good at the science stuff, so you should go to Saturday Science. I'm like, oh, I got basketball or soccer, but, so I literally spent my four summers, like, battling with, should I go play football or soccer, or should I go?
0: You couldn't do both, that's this bad.
1: Well, because, yeah, because, you know, most Saturday mornings, yeah. that's when you go and get, you, get, get the sports in, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's the weekends, you know, AAU this, and, and the same thing was for soccer. We did a lot of travel. I was on one of the high elite travel teams.
0: Oh, you, you really was that good?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was a striker.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, played for one of the, the teams in South Florida that ended up turning into FC Miami, which is like the feeder now for international soccer. Okay. So, right. yeah, we won our three-state championship championship. Uh, under 12, under 13, and under 14, so. So,
0: so you dominate dominating there.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, the team was full of nothing but yeah, elite kids that were like put together from different high schools. So we played against each other on high school teams and then we all came together on the weekend. Oh, okay, yeah. And it was like the best of the best.
0: So that you didn't forego that, you just had to make a lot of adjustments to do your Saturday science, science. yeah,
1: because I, I found out that I loved both. It just didn't exist in <laughs> in, in the real world, right. um, but I didn't want to give one up for the other, so I just made it work. I balanced it out where you know I would miss training, but still, because I was good enough, they would still let me play after I finished my Saturday science. But I didn't go to practice.
0: You didn't go to practice?
1: No, I mean again, that was I had to trade something off. So, now, w-
0: now what time was San- uh, was? On a Saturday morning, y'all get it. Yeah, morning. like eight to twelve. So <laughs> soccer, pra- soccer games the same time, practice the same time. S- practice
1: at the same time, and then you would play in the afternoon. So you know, I was like, hey, Coach, I'm, I'm, I think I'm good enough where I, I don't really need to do all that practice in the morning. But, <laughs> but it's not that I, yeah, I didn't want to do it. I just had something else that I was it, equally it, interested it, in. And you
0: was ashamed to tell your, yeah, friend, that I'm doing Saturday your counterpart, Sunday, and, yeah, yeah, no, that's not
1: cool. You doing it, AP? It, it, they
0: look down on you, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're
1: doing AP. What? Like you trying to overachieve? Like what? Well, you taking AP classes? Like, oh, that, that's white boy stuff. That's the white boy stuff. That, that's, yeah, that's, that's what, that what that they were saying. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's because again, that's, that's, it's not. That's dumb stuff. It's not the norm, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah, you but it, use your brain huh? right? Yeah, it's you know, athletics is what normally dominates our community, um, and so I'm not opposed to it. I just liked both. That that was the only difference. So yeah, I I equally loved basketball, football, even the sports that I didn't um, play in the islands, I ended up coming here because I ended up playing for the football team because of my speed. So I ended up doing punt returns. Yeah, so I played against hold, hold, like... Hold
0: on, hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> what, what kind of speed we talking
1: about now? Yeah, yeah, so I played, it. so I'm a Ray Lewis era. Uh, so, right, yeah, I played football right. in high school. He's and are the
0: linebacker, Ray yeah, Lewis. Yeah,
1: all so right. Ray, Santana Moss, so all those guys, we all played, yeah, yeah. P V League Football, yeah, down in in Miami, Florida. Yeah, <laughs> okay. so, so
0: you play with the top players, then. Yeah, but
1: you know, at that time, I'm just a kid, you know, from Jamaica that just loves sports. So it was never an argument that you know I, I'm like downplaying sports. That I just loved, end up loving science and sports, but those two just don't don't mix well. <laughs> but
0: but that Saturday science camp is really what caliports you.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, high level. I mean, you know. First,
0: what,
1: what what did it do? What, what kind of things y'all was doing? yeah, we were dissecting. Yeah, we, I mean, yeah, you got into you know doing dissecting of the shark, dissecting. And then you moved up to the, you know. Oh uh, man,
0: you your eyes getting big just thinking about that. Yeah, cause
1: that's why I'm that's why I'm really like like this stuff. Yeah. And then if you did well on that, then they let you do the out. Uh, you know, you used to do the like, the bat uh, droppings where you yeah, so you would you would go through and try to find like the. um, the the different rodents that came out of the droppings of, the, of the, the bat that they ate.
0: So so, so you were looking for all that?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm in there with my tweezers and we're finding bones. <laughs> um, and then the uh, then you graduated up to the to the cat. That's where you really got into. So if you, for for the viewers, the cat has the most uh, demonstrated uh, muscles repli- representative of the human body. So you that's like, yeah, so their, their physicality um, outlines the different, like, muscles. And so you're able to, um, yeah, so you're able to kind of start identifying the type of muscles uh, and uh, tendons and structures by looking at these different uh, animals. So it so was able to start, like, the baby stage of, you know, the human anatomy, so from you, from anatomy and physiology, so that
0: fascinated you. Yeah,
1: like you you're in there like <laughs> trying to identify the different muscles and the skull bones.
0: So now, now, all right, so you I can tell now just looking at the, your, your expression.
1: Yeah, no, I like. It's yeah. like you doing this
0: right now, like yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, like that's okay.
1: that's that's how deep.
0: So, so it's just cutting into animals and figuring all that. Out. I mean, what yeah, that, like
1: man? that going back to like just fascinated with like okay this is how this muscle works so that a whole physical therapy stuff it's based on the muscles that's how you why you when you get injured you go see a physical therapist because they are trained to know how to tease those muscles in order to be back to its normal state if you get injured you know so like a car accident when you get your spine shifted up that's why you, they send you to chiropractors and physical therapists, because right. they study the way muscles need to be manipulated in order for you to get back to your normal sense from an injury.
0: Okay, now, what high school did you attend?
1: So I attended, uh, I went to a, um, a public school for two years, what, and what, it, uh, what's so what's that, that was uh, North Miami High in uh, Miami Florida but then my soccer and grades ended up getting me into one of the uh, private schools uh, called st. Thomas Aquinas and so st. Mm -hmm. Thomas Aquinas is kind of like your private 4a 5a school that is like a private um, high school that recruits the top players to come play soccer or sport but I also had the grades so I had the grades and could play sports so they would have one bus come from the other side of town where i lived and take me to to school
0: Now so other so once that got started that was it
1: yeah no i well i, I was living in two worlds yeah i i would be nerding out
0: and what was that like not just living in—you really living in three worlds, really. Cause <laughs> you got in your own world. Oh yeah, yeah. You I'm, know, I'm already in my head. Community. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You you living in the sports world and you living in the other side, the other part of the yeah, community. Yeah, other too.
1: part of the other community. So you know, um, yeah, I leave out of my neighborhood where you know a little bit of you know. All urban. in one day. All in one day. You know, little little you know altercation last night or the morning of. Um, you know, my dad, you know, if I missed the bus, he would drop me to school in a cab. So, you know, I was like, let him...
0: <laughs> no, no excuse in this school. No excuse, like,
1: so, yeah. So, yeah, my dad's cab, and then I would get over to this side of town, and it's like, everybody, all the girls and, and, and boys had uh, Mercedes Benz, because it was the wealthiest side. Uh, you know, neighborhoods where these kids, I mean, again, the, the big labs, I mean, they had all of it, just the facilities alone. It was breed innovation so yeah I would and then I would run back to my neighborhood and get my soccer cleats on and then start playing my soccer that well, that make, make something
0: <laughs> your, yourself but so if many more of our children in our community had access to things like this what would it what could it do
1: that's the theme access if you think about you know what we've been talking about it's access it's the limited access that our neighborhoods and our kids have to not have the experience that others have that slows our innovation. We're no, yeah, we're just as smart as Elon Musk and his kids, we just don't have the access to the level of information and knowledge that they have right at their fingertips. We're getting better. The internet has helped our kids catch up, but it's still that environment, right? Imagine you saying you're going to SpaceX where your dad works.
0: SpaceX. Uh-huh. How many
1: black kids you think have the opportunity to go where Nassau first began? And then the level of brain power that is in that room, you have your Yale, Harvard, MIT kids. I mean, just walking in that facility, you could feel the the brain usage.
0: But <laughs> you went to, what we going to term the black Harvard? You went to Harvard. I went
1: to the black Harvard. So, you know, <laughs> the Howard again, University. Howard University. <laughs> H-U, you know. <laughs>
0: HBCU, HBCU, represent.
1: HBCU as well. So, you know, again, that's where, you know, being exposed in that environment, when I walk through the halls of my biology, I see Ernest E. Just. I started to see brothers. I
0: was like, okay. well, that was your first time yeah, I mean, seeing this. because I'm no. not
1: from, you know, I'm not from the U.S. You're not from the U.S. So I'm now learning. You, 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 to, uh, <laughs> you, you didn't see none of this in Miami. I'm in the, yeah, I'm down there in, in my head. I see any of that until so I got to Howard. you get to Howard. Yeah, I get that Howard. I'm Nine like, years. you got blacks? What? <laughs> what? There's there's more out here.
0: Name, name me a few more who you saw.
1: You know what it was? It was like, look, I'm I'm learning about Thurgood Marshall, Frederick Douglass. I'm taking all of this in, and I'm like, and then I get in the valley. I'm like, yo, black people have really done some things, and and we just have it doesn't get highlighted. And, you know, this is somebody from the outside that's, like, walking in, right? So it's like, look, is there, what's going on? Because when I'm on a different side of the world, none of this is exposed. I had to come to, you know, what I call the groundswell, which is HBCU, to get this knowledge. So is this, like, hidden? Is this, like, the hidden knowledge of America? Or is this, uh, you know, American history? Uh, And so that's what Howard was able to do was it was able, it ended up bolstering me. Yeah, it ended up giving me the the credibility uh, and the validation that these are, you know, again, there were others that came before me that could also um, validate me as a person to not think that I was like that oddball, right? Because I'm here thinking that I'm like, the guy that is, you know, the one-off, but there were actually others before me. It just wasn't highlighted when
0: I was in high school. You get another little spark of energy now.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I'm empowered now. I'm a, I'm on HBCU campus, so, oh, you can't tell me nothing. I get there, like,
0: oh, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, oh, I'm, do, I'm built for I'm this. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Do oh, we doing this. Yeah, yeah. No, look, yeah,
1: before I might have been like, <laughs> But now i'm like oh no it's game time like yeah no you know seeing that really empowered me to and you know since i had done a lot of this stuff in high school it even made my acceleration so i did my degree in three years
0: three years
1: because of these ap classes. because guess what i was back doing in college dissecting the same i already knew the answers oh
0: all right then so so really you you did step, step you back so you lost time
1: well, they, held, you know, again, time, yeah. They, they, held me in the gate, yeah. But oh, I was ready to bust a bottle there because I was like, oh, pff, I did this in high school. But think about what I just said. You did this in high school. That is one of the most, um, you know, uh, advantageous piece of kids that are in a fluent neighborhood have over kids that, like myself that don't have that type of access, they already got, they get to the college, these are some of the things that they've done in high school. The only way I got exposed to it is because I had professors and teachers that saw that I had that ability and then created an access for me. And that's all that's difference with, between us
0: and them. We some bad people. You, oh, we you, some you, bad people. Get out of our way. Get out, out way. Morse is nowhere in the picture now. That's just something you doing for a hobby. You're yeah, doing,
1: nah, yeah, I'm doing you, a little you, club. You, yeah, you, I'm you doing go, that. Go, yeah, I yeah, yeah, I switched. Yeah, I switched that. So. That's just a side thing. You yeah, do. it's a side you thing. You ain't yeah. got to hide nothing. Now you no, can no. focus
0: on what you want to do. Yeah, now, yeah. What for? What? What put you? Bio. How you say that word? Bio. What? Biochemist. Chemist. I mean, not not a chemist. Bio-chemist, biochemist. That stuff. The breakdown, to us, <laughs> what is a biochemist?
1: So yeah, biochemist is literally what the two words is. I studied, it's pretty much a double major. I studied biology, which is the study of you know human uh, biology and how that works, and the chemistry, which is the periodic table. So this- you,
0: no, you studied that in six, six seven so years I old. Brought, I that? brought
1: both my worlds together because I, I kind of looked at myself as the mechanic of the body.
0: Like, so that he, was a mechanic.
1: They that was engineer an mechanic engineer. Mechanic. And so, Ooh. well, I'm not good with the the tires and the nuts and bolts, but I knew every skull in mm-hmm. the bo- bone, in the brain, in the, in the in the in the skull, every bone that is in the yeah in the body. But, but tell us what a
0: biochemist <laughs> yeah. do.
1: So yeah, so biochemist looks at the um, the fluidity of um, not only the biological piece but also the chemistry. So all of the hormones and the cortisol that your body produced. So it's essentially how your body functions. So biology is, you know, again, you study you know, the different types of, and elements. The chemistry part of it is how that comes together. So like your pH that's in your body, there's a certain level of pH for you to stay balanced. So those two universe come together. Now what
0: what pH, huh? what pH stands for Which again? What pH stands for? Well,
1: your pH level is your your, your um your your inner um, body temperature. Okay. Right? So mm-hmm. so what it does is it, it reads from an a, a acid base standpoint. And so all, too
0: much answer to anybody is dangerous. Not much, enough. Yeah, so gotta be, gotta so, so yeah. so that balance.
1: So that's why I say pH balance. PH balance. So, you know, those were things that, you know, ended up starting to, you know, form the way I looked at, you know, just the human body. And again, graduated up to where, you know, by my senior year we're getting the opportunity to look at cadavers. And human
0: beings. Human, human beings. beings.
1: Yeah, human beings. And then learning about clinical trials. So, you know, the biochemistry piece is really understanding how that element comes together and how the human body functions from a day to day.
0: Now, what was that like to dissect? Now you 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 the you pass the frogs, the cats?
1: Yeah, I'm graduating. Like yeah, about, I'm you're rolling about through. A real <laughs> yeah. A li- yeah. human, human I mean, being. I mean, look, first thing when we walked in there, a couple of people fainted. Lost about three or four. <laughs>
0: Man, it's real. You
1: got oh, hey,
0: with
1: Listen, like Denzel said, it's this, yeah, no longer training day. Yeah, this is <laughs> you, the, yeah, it's you, this is the real so stuff. Three
0: people without out Three, yeah, about. we walked
1: in, a cadaver was sitting on it, uh, three dropped out, yeah, three, yeah, already gone. They just couldn't, couldn't see it. the egg, yet, yeah, couldn't just even, um, stomach, seeing a human
0: you, what body. But you, you with my scalpel in?
1: Huh? Oh, yeah, I'm like, where we getting into it? Where, where we getting? Where we gonna start? Where, the where we, we gonna start? start, start so yeah, yeah. We, what part are we working <laughs> on today? <laughs> I already done some pre-studying. I already took the materials off and like read it. Yeah, so I'm ready. I'm like, look, I'm ready to cut. I'm ready to dissect.
0: <laughs> Once you cut into a human being that's already deceased, devised. <laughs> What was that
1: like? You know what, man? It, it was it was surreal to see um, how the human body is designed. Mag- and, it's mag- like I said, it's, it's a magnificent species. It's a magnificent species, man. Homo sapiens are a magnificent species, and it's been an evolution. Well, Open you can up see- the chest cavity, you're looking at the real heart. You've seen it on all- now, mind you, this is not when all this 3D stuff was here. So, the only time you've seen those was in a book. Or you seeing you know a, yeah, a, gra- a grainy, talking, a grainy 3D. yeah, a grainy screen of of a film that they made of one of these in that in, a, in, a, in a, some open art surgery, but now you're like sitting in front of this and, and, yeah, and you're seeing the the chest, the ribs, you're seeing the chest cavity. You open up the chest cavity, you seeing that heart.
0: Like what makes all this work?
1: Yeah, you, you're like looking at this thing. and And so the the, the the veins everything ligament ligament, tissue like all right there and so you're now yeah the book doesn't even do it justice you're looking at a real life thing here Um, and and that was transformational for me because it was like this is I've I've been training for this my whole (laughs) life like yeah this this, you know just think about from where I started like if I hadn't had those access and kind of had that build-up It wouldn't probably have been it fascinating to me but because i had the opportunity to kind of grow into something and foster a a love for something that wasn't in my community i I felt like i should have been there like a long time ago like
0: (laughs) first of all i I didn't mean to to, to disrespect you Doctor, oh no 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 not at all not at all. (laughs) I don't mean to disrespect
1: my. No 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 not at all. Uh,
0: Doctor, (laughs) I got doctor Joseph, yeah. All right all right. Um
1: and so so but you know it it's it's always been like I said I think like going back to what we started with is that we just we just need access and and it all comes back full circle because. I'm now here, um, you know, working with the best and brightest minds, because I ended up working for the FDA.
0: You went for the FDA?
1: Yes, so after I left, (laughs) I I was in charge of uh, approving the medical devices that gets approved for the United States consumer. So I graduated Howard in three years, and so I had a 3.71 GPA. Um, which then led me to be considered for the United States Food and Drug Administration as a superior academic standard and got accepted into the FDA uh, from an undergrad degree, which normally doesn't happen. Normally you have to already have your master's degree to work for the Food and Drug Administration. So the Food and Drug Administration has like, they're responsible for regulating the food, the drugs you take, the devices, the medical devices that's in your body, tobacco, and uh veterinary medicine. So I got hired I can was heavily recruited out of Howard to go work for the US Food and Drug Administration which is a government
0: You are already right there in DC.
1: I'm already in DC. They're looking for a few few good men, right, minority students with high GPAs that could uh, Understand the medical now I've been doing that, so I'm ready ready to go. So, you, so.
0: That, that was right up your alley. There. Oh man,
1: look, it was like I was already in the gym <laughs> and I got called. Yeah, I got called. I was up.
0: You already traded. Huh? I've been waiting I'm on this up, call. yeah, I'm like ready, LeBron. I'm yeah, I'm already ready. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready to take my talents <laughs> you know, no, you know, to South Beach. I'm ready to get on the field. I'm ready to get on the field. Like, I'm I'm on the, field. I've been in the gym
1: long enough. So All yeah, right. no, to your point, um, yeah, I get hired uh, into the Food and Drug Administration in 2006 as a junior reviewer for medical devices and i swear what, my career what type of medical devices any it's so anything the the heart the the pacemakers so yes yeah, so fda companies would submit the, FDA, the, the
0: food and drug administration yeah
1: yeah that's what i worked for so they would send oh, in food their and drug yeah, administration, yeah so they would send in their application their medical device application and they would be a, a group of scientists including myself. That then make the decision if that gets approved for the consumers so all of the the blood pressure bp cuffs uh the stents the now, cardinaries now,
0: now, uh, now, I, we got to ask this question now do these companies come and coach court, coach you with a court court you court. all by bring you all to lunch break take your own trips Inviting y'all to conferences. Well,
1: you know, I mean, again, uh, so let me frame that in a way as pharma and medical device company lobby just no, like right, they right. lobby all these government agencies. Um, unfortunately, we're not able to meet with folks that once we un- so once we know that an individual is from a certain company, we're not allowed to take any lunch. But they do. They do try. They do try. Because, again, they're trying to build relationships in order to get their products approved.
0: Okay. Those things do happen. Some unknown, you just go out and start. Oh, yeah, no, look,
1: I mean, again, probably wouldn't happen at the low level that I was at, but yeah, the big boys at the Food and Drug Administration, I'm sure they get multiple calls uh, because it doesn't just come from the companies. A lot of these congressmen that Uh, the companies are are located. so yeah, I only want to go in there. That. That'd be another one. Yeah. So so again, I think what folks get misunderstood is not the the low level folks that, that's doing the work that gets lobbied. It's the big fish that's like the you know the head of the agency or the congressman where that lab or that company is located that you know want to put a little influence on.
0: Yeah, that's a good term. Influence. Influence. A little
1: influence because that companies in their state. And they're donors of they're, the campaigns. They're, 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 they're <laughs> yeah, they us. So I figured I learned a little bit of, of politics while I worked for the government because yeah, that's where you know, a lot of the decisions are made was way above my pay grade. Mm-hmm.
0: So now now you work you in you in with the Food and Drug Administration. Yeah. And how long you done that?
1: So I did that for almost ten years, where I I kept the company, I kept those companies, yeah, especially the ones that were the bad actors that were making medical device, um, that were going to like the Department of Veteran Affairs, which I'm a veteran. So you're a veteran too. Yeah, so I'm also a veteran. So now
0: you got to tell us a little (laughs) bit about how how are you a veteran?
1: Yeah, I served as a combat medic in the military. So yeah, right right out
0: of high school. Right out of high school, yeah, right out of high school. How did you? (laughs) <laughs> now hold on now what put now you doing soccer you doing Saturday Science Camp <laughs> yeah now I, I would have thought you went straight to the University of Howard no
1: nah, no no yeah that's the that's sir everybody make that assumption I actually fell in love with the fact that I was like well look I want to go get the experience like I'm, I got all this energy I got so the military I tested I took the ASVAB test and scored high in math, science, which <laughs>
0: that's expected. Which was that's expected. expected. That's, that's like what that's what, what I, that's what my parents would say.
1: You didn't do nothing, uh, yeah, special. <laughs> like,
0: for everybody else, like you was built for this, right? those fans like no yeah, respect no. to.
1: Yeah no. So uh, at 17 years old, when I graduated, I uh, joined the the U.S. Army as a combat medic. So I was the medic doc. If you want to say, uh, in the medical, yeah, 91 Holy. Bravo, so I joined as a 91 Bravo in the United States Come Army. Up,
0: you was a medical doctor.
1: Yeah, was, I, I did combat medic. I was a combat you were medic. You combat medic. Yeah, yeah, combat medic. So now you know you're getting say, more
0: training. You
1: ain't more. even, you ain't even started college. I didn't even start college yet. Yeah. I, oh, I went down, so I, you, dove you, you in. Yeah, I dove in. You went Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I got to college. I, I, so you, you really could have skipped college.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, because the hands-on, so, you know, the hands-on training was, yeah, like, you you know, what people don't understand, military, it's the only place where you could take a 17-year-old kid and make him in charge of someone's life, right there. At 17 years old, I'm, after I went through my medical training, I'm it, I'm, uh, yeah, doc, you, you better keep him alive. And so, yeah, you got kids that were nuclear engineers that's manning submarines at 1920. So you know, military and and I, I loved it because it just compounded on the stuff that I was already learning. Where I just dove right into. So I left Howard being exposed. Hold on, let's go back to
0: this. Now you're 17 years old. Yeah. Who told you? that you need to go to the military first. So what uh, what yeah,
1: happened? Yeah, no one told me what happened was they uh they brought this they, they brought the uh uh military folks to the school. They gave a half a day off to take the ASVAB test, which is the 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 military entrance test. a oh. test comes back and they're like, they coming come,
0: they come and look for you." are coming from Yeah, so I ran the first you. time. Yeah, so oh, they right had, they
1: had asked me to come to the library. So I hid, and then the girl that was with me that was in one of my chemistry class, she went. So when I saw her come out, I was like, what'd they want? She was like, oh, yeah, they said we were the ones that tested high, and they were looking for combat medics. They were looking for individuals that had high ASVAB score in the math science because they wanted to offer the opportunity to go into medicine, military medicine. Uh, what did they give me? They gave me, like a $10,000 signing bonus. Well, oh, that was a lot of money. A lot of money, in that? <laughs> 96. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I think I bought a car, like cash, when I, because, yeah, after I went through my basic, yeah, so yeah, the stipulation was you go to boot camp, which wasn't going to be a problem. I was already an athlete. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Where were you located at?
1: So So, uh, yeah, I served, I did my um, uh, boot camp in uh, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Lost in the Woods, they call it. Um, still was a little raw on the back end, so a lot of Confederate flags, so yeah, I stayed on base for the 10 weeks that I was there for boot camp. And then they, uh, as a medic, we went over to Fort uh, Fort Sam Houston, which is uh, San Antonio. Okay. So I did my medical, my baby Bravo, which is the uh, my first part of my... Um, uh, emergency uh, medical technician, which is what a combat medic is. So it's still a national registry exam that you have to take. Mm-hmm. So you go through the the, the training, the exercising, the tests, and then you take the the national registry test, and I scored in the 95 percentile. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where you go work on any doing chest compressions. Uh, you learn the medical terminologies. So I was just beefing up.
0: You stayed in the military for 10 years.
1: Well, no, for uh, seven years. Seven yeah. years. Yep.
0: Now, did you go and did you see? Did you see combat? Yeah. Where yep. would you yep.
1: Uh Korea, Germany, Bosnia, Afghanistan twice.
0: <laughs> Man, you <a> bad boy. <laughs> in, uh, seven years. You say what? Now, what happened at the? Yeah, seven
1: I'm. Years? I'm 23. Um, uh, unfortunately, my military career gets cut short because I got injured in Afghanistan. I got uh, medical discharge out of Walter Reed so that's how I ended up going to Howard because I, I ended up being flown for medical treatment at Walter Reed which is in DC now what you gonna do now now what are you gonna do so I was like well next thing to do go to college and I had earned the college money
0: they're yeah,
1: paying for it I'm no student loans I'm like all right they said Whatever because of my injuries, I qualified for the VOC rehab, which is a chapter 31. Which they said, once I got accepted to a, any school, I got accepted to
0: they, they got that,
1: they'll, they'll, they'll send a check. Mm. And so I was like, Oh, no, say, say less. I went down and applied to Howard University. My anatomy and physiology classes from high school was on my transcript. Oh,
0: that they were,
1: yeah, because they were AP classes, and I tested out of AP classes. So I didn't know that when I was in high school. Those ended up earning me a a three point and then the uh, classes that I took for the National Registry in the military. So I ended up with like 20 or 25 credits.
0: So you had a year. I had like a
1: 3.6 GPA when I walked in. And
0: and you you already got a a year off your 20 something, almost 30 hours, that's a year.
1: That's how I ended up doing my degree in in three.
0: Now you go work for the FDA. Yeah, go to FDA. FDA. I, now ten, I'm after, regulating about ten after years. ten years, <laughs> so now what happened when you in ten years into your tenth year?
1: Yeah, ten um, years. Um, uh, what ended up happening after that? We ended up um, the the DOD then came looking for me and asked me that they wanted me. went to DOD. Department of Defense, and the Department of Veteran Affairs said, "Hey, we're about to launch a clinical trial study." Looking at PTSD biomarkers in Holocaust survivors and World Trade Center survivors to see if we could get a handle on the high suicide rate in veterans, which was like 21 per day.
0: But when you say a Holocaust survivor, what about slavery survivors?
1: Well, look, my brother, we're going to get there. <laughs>
0: okay. That's what I'm,
1: indigenous AI is yeah, going to do. all
0: right, okay, then, all right. So, so, okay, going on.
1: So, yeah, no, the the, the Department of Defense and the VA had came together and put $100 million in clinical trial research in humans. Um, $100 to million? Li- $100 million in the 2013 budget. And so the DOD had uh, did their research and came up with four research scientists that they wanted to oversee the studies and so i was selected as one of four one of four research scientists that oversaw the funding that was given to the academic institutions that were the normal harvard yale uh i covered mount sinai yeah pretty much uh, all uh, ivy leagues so I had the fortunate opportunity to stay on the East Coast and was peered with the most progressive research that had been done, which was at Mount Sinai, who had first, second, third generation Holocaust survivor bloods. And they also were the repository for the survivors of the World Trade Center. So with that, um, I gladly accepted the position uh, and moved to New York, where I uh, oversaw the twenty five million dollars out of the hundred million that they had given Mount Sinai Medical School, NYU and Columbia.
0: You overseeing
1: it? Yeah, I'm the I'm the contract officer and the research officer that's making sure that the funding stays within the parameters of PTSD biomarker research. And so I worked with all of the chairmen of psychiatry department for the uh, three schools I mentioned, NYU, Mount Sinai, Columbia Medical School that focused on psychiatry research. And so I was the individual that made sure that all of the the research scientists uh, were kept honest and make sure that the funding w- went towards uh, research for was to the veterans. Recruiting the veterans, yep. Recruiting the veterans, making sure that their rights was protected, their informed consent that we heard about today.
0: First of all, you are a
1: veteran. I'm a veteran, so who who better than to make sure that this gets done the right way? Did this for three years, mm. so for from 2013. Oh,
0: just, oh, just three years.
1: Yeah, 2013 oh, yeah. to 2016, um, I oversaw that research funding, um, and then the third year, we were able well. The second year, we were able to find genes that had a correlation to uh, predisposition to trauma, if, you, if you're if you PTSD, if you were exposed by trauma. So
0: a gene in the brain?
1: Yep, yep. So we were able to find 27 genes in the brain that when you go through that fight or flight, that cortisol buildup, it's a blood-brain barrier, and that ends up uh, dysregulating certain genes because we had now moved into looking at Gene targets in the the gene code. Yeah, the uh, the um, human genome was mapped uh, twenty years ago. We now finally had technology that could read the genes that gets dysregulated.
0: So now you, you can be specific.
1: Personalized medicine.
0: Yeah. Now that that goes into this thing I read about <clears throat> President Obama, where they got the brand Initiative. Yep. That's that's
1: right when I was working for the federal government. You
0: gotta be kidding. Me. Yep. So tell us about what is the brain, people need to know what is yep. the brain initiative.
1: So yeah, as I told you, 2012, that funding came out, that $100 million, the VADOD, there was other studies going on at the NIH. So the brain initiative was to start studying these genes in the brain and how they get dysregulated based on your biochemistry. your bio, yeah, By the formulation of hormones the mutations of genes and so that's where this whole industry started to look more into um, how to better uh, stratify certain disease and be able to identify them earlier so early detection and early prevention so you can start instead of waiting till later stage where you know some of the, the disease conditions are, are irreversible so the brain initiative was to start funding more research like the one that I mentioned to you, which was going all over the country. I was just in charge of the one that was specifically to the military and veteran population.
0: Okay. <clears throat> now we know most of the money goes into the military because they do all the research, all the studies The R
1: and D, yeah, they do a lot of yeah. the R and D baseline. So,
0: but when you say military, they they do their study for the purpose of the military.
1: Yeah, so that, I mean, they, yeah, to get
0: it, to get the advantage on the opposition
1: right well yeah i mean again that's yeah. that's i mean the nature of getting funding through the department yeah, of right, defense right, is to make right. sure readiness Yeah. <laughs> right. but it's not readiness of the soldiers re- readiness to to be to keep the dominance yeah right so,
0: so what i want people to know <laughs> is that when the federal government gives money to these different places like the dod department of defense it is to better prepare they're they're they war fighters they fighting. They're warriors they're war fighters <laughs> and then it goes on they just they, they started they start using this the information that they find out into the what they call a popular community yeah the yeah the civilian the civilian, the, the, population. civilian population population <laughs> so this brand initiative thing probably can be used against the people who paying up who taxpayers who, who putting up all this money down the road huh? I, you know, I you know I struggle with well, no,
1: I struggle with. Yeah, I don't think it could be used again, but I do think um, what happens is military is a controlled environment, and then what happens is, like I said, the powers that be. I think there's a lot more flexibility when you want to start looking at this how it, how certain things are conducted in the civilian population. Uh, Of course, there's more people in the civilian population than there are in in the U.S. military, only 1%. Um, It's it's the way that these things are then orchestrated is where there is some confusion and where there could be um, what we call the exploitation. And so, you know, this comes full circle to what traditionally happened with Henrietta Lacks, um, a research project um, of looking at cervical cancer gave her the ability to go seek treatment at John Hopkins. What wasn't consented was that she wasn't made aware that this was gonna be looked or studied as a for the population like we just mentioned. And so that was a a, bis, a big misstep by um, the individuals that were carrying on that, those academic research because what they did is they violated her rights as a human being.
0: They, 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 never, considered us,
1: they never considered us human beings. Uh, never considered us uh, human so beings. They, they that, have and so, not changed. That, I mean, again, it's in the Constitution, right? It's three fifths humans. Uh-huh. And so, you know, what then becomes at play is were they given permission by this individual, whether she was three fifths human or, mm-hmm. or so a human she, being? She still has rights. Some she still, rights. still had her rights. And even if they had that misstep, they also had a second opportunity to right that wrong when they realized that, you know, her cells do replicate outside the body to go back and get reconsent. But that decision wasn't made because at that point, then the monetary piece of it kicked in where the exceptionalism of this woman's uh, you know, uh, cell to replicate.
0: She really is like, is like God.
1: Oh, yeah, no, look, it's the closest thing to to divine intervention, is what I would call it, uh, since I've been on living earth, because I have never seen, based on the research that I've done, anyone else that had cells that could replicate itself in 24 hours at the rapid rate that her body was doing it. But that's a testament to whatever lineage she's from, that happened over time and so it's important for me to make sure that the legacy lives on because we're only at i mean so what you've now conceptualized is that a woman african-american woman is responsible for pretty much all of the novel breakthrough that has been the baseline of every transformative modern day medicine over the last 70 years There is no irrefutable, yeah, that's irrefutable. Uh, What's interesting and is going to be dynamic is what we do going forward, because that's just the beginning. And so, you know, what has intrigued me in this case is not just, you know, the wrongs that need to be right. It's also preserving the legacy of what I know to be that the future of precision medicine will be um, a, a, an opportunity for Africans and African-Americans to be um, highlighted and, and be relevant in cutting-edge medicine, not from just being scientists like myself, but also contributing to science, like Henry Adelax did.
0: Yeah. Now, now how, how did you come to be, uh, to work on this case, to, and to tell them what, what exactly are you doing and who you're working with?
1: So, yeah, so I became, I mean, again, I have been celebrating Henry L. Lacks' birthday for over, like, uh, in my head, for years. <laughs> okay. And then, you know... So, so you
0: knew who Henry L.A.C. was before yeah, you Yeah, yeah,
1: because, it? yeah, I was like, well, you know, it was brought up. Uh, the first time I was exposed to it was when, you know, um, I started hearing about genetic justice and, you know, the fact that the same institutions, three-letter institutions that I have worked for were part of the reason why African-American culture are just hesitant to medical research. So I had to figure out, like, well, why is that an issue? And that was one of we're, them. We're just
0: like the Tuskegee Tux- experience. Yeah.
1: So, so these have all been historical facts that has made you know, the, the African-American community resistant to this level of participation in research. Um, And so I needed to understand that because here I am as uh, you know, I wasn't born here But I need to understand what was the hesitancy and those were the two major cases that came up And of course disheartening to know that the Food and Drug Administration that I work for Was responsible for the syphilis case And And then to find out that between one of the most prestigious University John Hopkins and the NIH are also responsible for the other tragedy that's happened in the medical research community, the African-Americans, are like, ugh. You're stuck.
0: Stuck. You gotta work, at got, got yeah. No matter where you go, you're gonna find something. You're gonna find something. Connected to the same situation.
1: Connected to the same situation.
0: Uh, so, so, but we, and that's where we are as a people, because we, we, we depend on the system for work, for job employment. Then we find out, okay, where you gonna go from here.
1: Where are you going to go from here? Yeah, no, and so, you know, um, that's that's where I'm at today. Um, I uh, decided that wherever through the system during COVID, I started to see our people die at three times the rate of a white person. Um, and the underlying you got, conditions. You got
0: direct insight to this
1: here. Right here, in my hand. I'm working with MIT, the Harvards, trying to figure out how we're going to figure out this pandemic because the world shut down and we don't have simple masks to mask our staff that's working in hospitals. We don't have ventilators because we shipped everything out overseas to be manufactured and therefore we have borders closed and we can't make simple masks and gowns that cost a dollar. Not, not to mention the high complex stuff that we've outsourced because 93% of all drug uh, API, they call it active pharmaceutical ingredients come from China. And all of the drugs that's manufactured, the actual pill that's in your pill bottle is manufactured in India. And we are in a pandemic where the border is closed. So there's no plane, train or automobile that's delivering anything. Uh But it was the compelling, Health disparities, the hypertensions, the high blood pressure, the diabetes, the sickle cell, those cancers, those were um health disparities that ripped through our communities. The pandemic really took a toll on our on our community because, you know, those were individuals with compromised immune system. Lack of access.
0: Now uh, so you got a call from attorney Benjamin Crump
1: yeah Come on board so what's 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 interesting is I ended up um because of my work within indigenous which is my company so indigenous was formed during COVID when MIT so
0: finally you figured out what I'm gonna do now <laughs> <laughs> so, so you created your own company? Yes. Now, so, now tell us, tell us what is indigenous? Indigenous. indigenous yes. People? So, what happened
1: is MIT says, "Hey, look, we want you to hack racism in healthcare. care." I said, "You joking, right? You, you, where's the cameras? This is May of 2020, so we're what, March, April, May? We're two months in, and I'm on all these task forces. I swear that." So if you circle back, I was in high school and I got it, you know, introduced to all of this science. I'm now. I went to the Black Harvard, but now I'm at the table. Harvard, MIT, the Yales.
0: Jamaican from Harvard. Jama-
1: Jamaican-born immigrant, sitting at the task force table. With all the heads of these institutions, trying to figure out how we're going to get through COVID. And one of the projects that came out was MIT was known for their hackathons and coming up with innovative ideas in 72 hours. If you circle back to, I was learning that from Doogie Hauser. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you learned that six, seven, eight, nine years old, you uh, figured that
1: out. Training my brain to like solve problems in 72 hours. Sit down, and so the COVID pandemic had everybody sitting down, trying to figure out how we're gonna get and, through. And once again,
0: this is what you do. I've
1: been in the gym, <laughs> in, I've been working out for this.
0: <laughs> this is what you do.
1: Yeah, and so MIT said, look, we want you to lead one of the hackathons, which is Hacking Racism in the Healthcare Challenge. That was the name. And so i send you the link. It was actually where, um, yeah, MIT gave me the opportunity to co-create a hackathon in 72 hours uh, with about a thousand individuals from all parts of the globe that came together on a weekend from a Friday to Sunday and came up with topics, um, women that are not African-American women that's not taken serious in emergency room for pain. Um, Why is the mortality rate of infants born with white physicians? Higher than infants born with black physicians. Oh, oh we got deep, because guess what? Nobody had anywhere to go. <laughs> we're, we're all at home Let's
0: ask some simple questions. That, that, oh no, that no. i I
1: send you the link, I mean the verticals that we had. I mean, we had we had we had some esteemed colleagues that showed up on that that thousand hackathon over the weekend, and one of the areas was lack of diversity in clinical trials because as i mentioned to you before 95% european white males are the contributors of every drug that's been approved by the fda so you can see how lopsided that mm. that ratio is so less than 5% are non-european white males that contribute so that's women minorities asian that's all i said 95% European white males and
0: so we talking about
1: so yeah, no uh, What ended up happening with the hackathon and the diversity issue? I doubled down because uh, I have four daughters
0: four daughters
1: Four daughters, and I started realizing that you know a lot of these uh, diversity issues and the health disparities affect black and brown communities and due to the uh, access inability to get access Uh, to just healthcare drove the pandemic uh, to move rampantly through our community. And therefore we were three to one ratio in losing African-Americans and Hispanic to the pandemic. And so I had to be, I decided to be intentional in starting indigenous because I need that data to change. I need increase in diversity so that my kids' kids could have better efficacious medication, cheaper medication, but also having strong representation in that data set that then drives the future of precision medicine.
0: Uh, right. Yosef, uh, all that sounds great, but you started out in the podcast telling us that these pharmaceutical companies, these individuals that make these different medical products, they call, talk to their congressmen. They got lobbies who are out there working on their behalf. Yeah. So how can one man impact this system, this this, this system that's in place?
1: Yeah, that's, that's what the future is going to hold. We're going to need a lot of Yusuf Enriquez and a lot of Ben Crump's because we got to be intentional. And what I've been honored to do is watch what he does because he doesn't have to do it. And so I had the same opportunity. I had the opportunity on the table where I could go work my two, $300,000 cushy job in Washington, D.C., or am I going to go help my people? So we got to create our own table. So we have to create our own pharmaceutical companies. We're going to have to have our own ways of lobbying for our medication to treat our people.
0: And you said there, there are a lot of great doctors out there.
1: A lot of great doctors. But
0: we don't know who have the cynical mindsets to want to harm the same people that mistreated you. Right. We got to trust them to do that.
1: Right. No, we can't. And I'll say that bluntly. That's why we have to build our own so table.
0: You, you was in the system. You know you can't but, trust
1: but them. We got, listen, I was in the system. No, we can't trust them. But also, the data shows itself. They were never interested in us being included.
0: But why do a people still trust a system that never served them.
1: Because that's the only one that's here. And so therefore, with the individual mindset that we have now, after we've seen what COVID has done to our community, we have to create our own table. We have to create systems that we've built and create the trust in our community for us to start looking at these things through our lens and again, you have to follow the playbook of what they've done.
0: You already got an excellent playbook, man.
1: They, uh, listen, and what's happened now, you have individuals that's cracked the code, like Ben Crump, and guys like myself that have moved through ecosystems where Holocaust survivors um, receive millions of dollars every year for something that, you know, didn't happen on U.S. soil.
0: That's amazing.
1: Which is amazing. And so, when you have precedent, then you could move forward with the slave trade.
0: So the, the Holocaust survivors receive millions of dollars from the system that didn't, that didn't do anything to them, Right. but the system that done it to the people, yeah. they don't give them, and they work hard not to give them that, whatever they give them, they, don't give, they work hard not to give them anything.
1: Uh, work not to give, so we, as a community, what I've learned and watched, I have to give credit. To the, to the Jewish community they came together
0: I do a great job
1: and they formed their alliance and then they provided the evidence that they needed to get their community the financial compensation and incentive that they need in order to thrive as a community we have to start doing that
0: but it seems like every time we make attempt to organize yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, come together you know that's a system just almost like you know you military guy you know you know when the United States goes into another country they first got to put out propaganda right right so,
1: um, i mean again so, so, you know so
0: how you get around all this propaganda that they have access to
1: so you know what i think it's you know you got to find these soldiers that's willing to go get, get go to battle um and and what gives me hope and what gives me uh the outlook for a brighter future is that I'm starting to see these individuals in the community that are leaders. You know, um, it was a tragedy to lose you know some of the leaders that you know started the civil rights movement, and I just feel like you know it's going to be that next generation, folks like me that have been in these rooms where nobody else that look like me, They've been crumps of the world, you know the individuals that are here on the front line that have you know, made enough stride for us to bring our community together to address something that's been an issue in our community for, for years, access to healthcare. <laughs> well,
0: How long have we been talking about but, this? But they say, they, they say that, they, that Obama gave you Obamacare. No,
1: it didn't. I mean, what he did, <laughs> he gave you a portal for you to go apply in and still wrestle with a system that wasn't set up for you, the banking system, you know, the healthcare system, the financial, I mean, these are all, you have to think about this, when you study the art of war, you look at each ecosystem that we're playing in, we're already down to zero. So don't play in it.
0: So we need to, we need what we call, I got a friend called it cultural economics.
1: Cultural economics and create our own table. Because we know that we're a trillion dollar buying power.
0: Oh, and everybody else knows it too. Everybody knows it too.
1: But again, we have been exceptionally divided. And so for me, because I've studied and been in other communities, and I've seen what they were be, have been able to do as an ecosystem, That's the blueprint that I'm bringing to my people. Say, hey, this is what I learned (laughs) from watching others do this. Let's do this.
0: We can do
1: this. And we can. So it's going to be the mindset of individuals that get up every day, like what I've seen Ben Crump do. I mean, to hear that even his own Colleagues at his firm are like, why do you get up and do this? Because we have to as a people. He has figured out a way to put an economic compensation on something that's horrible in our community. The killing of black men and women. But the one thing that, like he said, he knows that I have now learned, the only thing white people understand is money. Because I've been in the circles <laughs> that have provided me the insight on why that statement is valid and why that statement is so true. The only thing they understand is money.
0: You ever heard of somebody by the name of Imhotep? No. We got, we, got, we got to work with you for, for real.
1: A, so I'm not on social, but I think no, I've no. seen that. Like, L- like, like I've seen it on yeah. Facebook.
0: Okay, in medicine. What what was the key tool in medicine? As that, a doctor, what be the what be the number one tool that you use?
1: What, what are you talking about? The, the, we weren't number one tool. A scalpel. S- 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 yeah, 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 the scalpel.
0: Mm-hmm. That brother invented that.
1: Yeah. Okay. No, look. The, I mean, like I said, The,
0: the Hippocratic Oath. Hippocratic Oat. That's who is the, the Hippocratic Oath. They call it Hippocratic, but it's. It's to the M Hotel. Okay. It yeah, was, yeah. It was a comedic from Egypt, and on the walls of the uh, when I went. I went. To visit egypt Egypt about thirty years, thirty uh-huh. years ago.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know they on the wall they had a picture of him, and all his tools they had a scapula scab in That's That is. <laughs> that is. Uh, in the wall that is you know.
1: Yeah. The walls <laughs> of, the, of the temples.
0: So you know right. that's six seven they. they they say thirty five hundred years, but we know, of course, yeah. thirty five is is hundred is hundred is hundred. <laughs> <it's 100. laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You're like, this brother was using the tools back then. So, yeah, I don't yeah. want you to learn who is him or, him or attempt, Yeah,
1: who no, or, no, look, him was, again, town. for me, like I said, you know, um, I I think for me, what has been a lot more uh, relatable is understanding what the society brings to the table as a whole. Um, what's while, society? Our society um and so I may not know all of the the uh the doctors or science that came before me um but the one of the main things for me is is to carry on that legacy
0: and you, do it. you do it I
1: try to, and so yeah, you know because you know again a lot of i think what the major thing for us is you know as this transformation moving into the internet era. You know, a lot of these things I didn't get as a kid, <laughs> like the knowledge nah, the, that the, I did, uh, a lot of this is from me self, self-taught.
0: self But you wouldn't the game, brother. I understand the social media, you can ask about to do that. Right,
1: <laughs> you know, okay. so yeah, so, so no, so it's been uh, interesting to, and it also, also keeps me pure because then I'm able to look at things through a lens based on the experiences that I've kind of gathered and the rooms that I've been in to kind of drive how the thinking process is kind of derived from where I'm constantly thinking, not just where I'm thinking in my head, but I'm also already doing the chess game of what the individual might say or come back and, and, and try to pin us in a corner. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at all different possibilities at all times. Um, but yeah, I think what has happened is it's become useful and as I start to see others that's choosing our self-preservation over money. I think you know I'm optimistic about how we can move forward as a unit, bringing together all these bright minds from our community to start really challenging these systems. Like I said, um, just watching and having the inspiration from what Mr. Crump does gives me the fuel to continue to do what I'm doing. I mean,
0: look, we need to come up with our 10-point <laughs> playing here, yeah,
1: like, like, yeah, like the military do. That that's I mean again, you know that's where I'm at. Where yeah. I'm, I'm. And that, and the thing uh, the
0: difference is, we don't want to take out our opponent. No, we just, just we, wanna, just we wanna want to we want to build build up our own. Build our own. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. We, yeah. we don't want to take nobody. Stay on out. right over there. Yeah, we gonna take. Nobody yeah, no, out. no, 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 right don't. Nobody. Yeah,
1: don't tell us that you want to include diver, include diversity yeah. and, and yeah. trial. That no, no, we're gonna create a table over here mm-hmm. where we're gonna just make this ninety five percent. African Americans, <laughs> you did it. All right, all we're, right. we're gonna build. So, so, and you know, wrapping up, I, I did the. You uh, see Mississippi Burning,
0: of course.
1: <laughs> so during COVID, the movie Mississippi Burning. Right. So during the during the COVID, I ran into you know Wellenstein, colleague of mine. who was white, of course. And he's just an upraise. He's like, oh, I just don't understand why your community won't, you know, embrace the fact that this is gonna save their lives—the vaccine. And so, you know, again, I sat and I listened, and uh, and then I said, you know what? Um, you know, we're gonna say, Bill. For for for, I said, Bill, close your eyes. <laughs> I said, I right, I want you to walk with. You. I, I think we we've been colleagues long enough. Trust me, where we're going with this. I said, close your eyes. And I'm painting a story for you. And I said, well, think about the fact that we had a pandemic and, um, a vaccine was developed and the vaccine is going to save your life. Um, at some point before you take the vaccine, someone gives you the information informed consent to say, Hey, you have the ability to take this test. It's your choice. Um, and you can sign this document today, you sign it. We don't really know what the side effects are going to be because it's still, you know, it's an emergency. So we've developed the first vaccine. It's under emergency use authorization, but you have the choice to take it. But there's one piece of that information that they want to make sure you understand before you say yes or no, because we got to inform consent you, is that 95% of the participant that participated in this getting uh, emergency use authorization was African-American males. He sprung his eye open, he was quiet for about 30 seconds, Say, said, I got your point. Mm. Got your point. So those are the same parameters I gave him, and he tough, wouldn't take it.
0: That's a tough, tough. stuff. <laughs> so, where do we go from here, my brother?
1: Got to create our own tables. Like tyler perry said yeah stop fighting to join the table <laughs> like i gonna
0: tell you uh, in this book called uh miseducation of the negro he said that would you be more comfortable in a, in a in your master's golden toilet room or would you be more comfortable with your own hole in the ground so we got to make a decision gotta make a decision so you wanted you could, be, you could be comfortable in the masters you could, you golden be, taller listen, but we get shut off from that now
1: i I could be comfortable right now building a startup and trying to convince my own people to build our own ecosystem is one of the toughest things to do
0: you could have been taught first i've been taught not to trust i
1: taught not, be, to be, trust. not to trust
0: that's right not to trust you right we got you got to get it's a lot to get past it's right? a lot to get past that's that you know, so, I yeah, PTSD. PTSD. so i understand yeah
1: ptsd so i so i understand what i'm facing but got to choose the hard right over the easy wrong yeah. and you know so um right now i can show you on my phone in january of this year i've turned down a $260,000 position working for the number one clinical trial research organization in the world. Because I understand what my role is now, I gotta, yeah, I gotta go to the hole.
0: How you see, how you bring people who have been traumatized? How do you bring them to the table? How do you even get them to to that place?
1: one, one, One family, one individual at a time. And, and that's what I've committed to over the last two years, three years coming up in May. I have made the conscious decision that I, I got to go in that hole. I'm not going in that master's toilet. I could be comfortable in that master's toilet today you, and uh, never after.
0: But you got a greater purpose.
1: Got a greater purpose.
0: So my people, Brother Yosef and I, Call upon you to look within and realize that you've been traumatized. You you have you do have a stage a, a, a stage of what you call PT, PTSD PTSD, and you sometimes many of us in a bad place mentally, spiritually, some physically. But we need to work together, learn to come together. It ain't gonna be easy, but we got to start somewhere. I'd like to thank my brother, Yosef. Enriquez. for <laughs> yeah. being here today and get deliver I mean, biochemist, Dr. Yosef, for being here and giving us so much insight, so much information and on the, the things to come. Just like Henrietta Lack, like, cells are still alive and living we are still alive and living and We're going to make a difference. We're going to come together. God has called this, for this this young man here for that purpose. Amen. And thank you, my brother, for being here. All right. Thank you. Thank brother. you. I appreciate it. Man can shackle the hand. Man can shackle the feet. But only you can shackle the mind. The mind is free to travel wherever you dare to take it. Welcome to Count Time Podcast.